0: Episode 2. In this, our second episode, we build on the baby boomer wealth transfer notion as we talk to Steve, a potential beneficiary of his family's wealth. We discuss attitudinal differences between his parents' generation and his own, and we explore some ideas on how Steve could enjoy some of this wealth whilst ensuring his parents are financially secure for their future.
1: A very warm welcome to this our second mdg podcast
2: hey who said it wouldn't last so how's your week been
1: very busy have been revising for an exam as well as handling our usual day-to-day casework how was your week
2: also revising for an exam and still working on a project in the garden have been digging out dabbers and bindweed Sorry, what are those? Well, where we live in the Chilterns, there's a lot of clay and flints below the topsoil, and the locals call large round flints dabbers, and they need digging out.
1: Interesting, tell me about bindweed.
2: This is a very pernicious, invasive weed, and just a minute, I can see where you're taking this. Next thing I hear will be the clown's horn, and I'll get to find a fiver for either jargon or being boring, and that's added to your charity, but nice try.
1: Enough of the small talk. In this episode, we'll be talking to Steve a 30-something-year-old, married with a young family, living in the home counties. We agreed to safeguard his anonymity, so you will not be provided with any more information.
2: Hi Steve, May, thanks for joining us in today's podcast. You're very welcome.
1: We introduced you as a married man with a young family.
2: Yes, that's right. I think we're
0: typical of our generation. We have a mortgage we've created and run our own business and looking to take advantage of the current trend in social media and communications. Oh, this is exciting. My ever first ever real podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. So how's the
0: business going? Very well, thanks. I listened to your initial podcast on family wealth transfer and I understand that I might typify my generation,
2: whereby I'm expecting to receive an inheritance from my parents at some point. Yes, I get a bit confused with Generation X and Millennial generations, given your age of who you are Generation X, is that right? Not completely right. There are some social and attitude
0: differences, not defined by when the generation was born, that you should be aware of. So, Gen X, for example, were born between 65 and 80, so they were born in the 70s. They're a sort of nomad generation, according to Strauss and Howe. They have hatred of boomers, they're known for being nihilistic and cynical, for example, they had to live through AIDS, the Cold War, the fall of the Berlin War, etc. They might, some might consider them as hell raisers, whereas Gen Y, the Millennials, born between 80 and 94, so they're the 80s generation, they're the heroes. They're shared with the G.I. generation from World War II. Kids so, that were born in during that era were generally wanted because birth control allowed the parents to decide, are we having kids or not? They're sheltered by society more so than their predecessors. Their family units were more stable, yet they live with helicopter parents and soccer mums and they're often known as peter pan generation because their childhood was so good i hope that gives you just a, a flavor
1: thanks steve we now have a better understanding of what lies behind the different labels being used but generally we're talking to you about the family wealth you're expecting so how do you feel about that
0: really it's mixed i'm very close to my parents and we have a strong bond between them and us and our children and we hope to enjoy this for many more years
2: You understand that at some point in the future, you expect to inherit their wealth?
0: Yes, I hope so, and that's the dilemma. We hope they will be with us for many more years, but I must admit some financial benefit would be really useful,
2: especially in these times. Those sentiments are why we feel you represent others in this situation, and why we are very grateful for your participation. As you know, we are protecting your identity and hope this will allow you to be candid with us. I suppose that rather depends on how intrusive your questions are. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you are welcome to decline answering any questions you feel are too personal. So where do you want to start then? As we said in our first podcast, there are many situations and circumstances that could reduce or redirect what you will ultimately receive. And we'd like to test how much you are aware of this. This will allow us to use bullet points at the end of the episode to summarise. So let me start by asking if your parents have discussed with you how they have arranged their estate. It's
0: not the sort of thing you talk about over Sunday lunch.
1: Yes, I can understand that. Pass the gravy, Dad. By the way, how much are you leaving us? Our research shows that only 9% of parents share this information with their families. So, you are not sure if they've made a will?
0: Not really. Well, I think they have, but we haven't really talked about it.
1: Do you know what would happen if they'd not made a will? It's called dying intestate. So, what will
0: happen if no wills have been made?
2: Well, to start, it will make life very difficult for those trying to sort out the estate.
0: So, having a will seems like it's quite important then.
2: Because there are no clear instructions from your parents in their wills. You mean, like, instructions after they've gone? Exactly. And that's what a will is all about. Clear instructions.
1: Has mum and dad been married before?
2: No, they were childhood
0: sweethearts and they've been together for over 40 years.
1: Oh, that's lovely. But you can imagine in our line of work, we have to be mindful of a lot of relationship breakdowns, the increased number of divorces, children from earlier or later marriages, cohabitation, adoption, children by unmarried partners, <laughs> what we call blended families. And without a will, it makes it impossible to second guess what they would have wanted. Getting the probate sorted, ready to distribute the estate is likely to take months. In some cases, we have seen the delay cause real financial hardship. So I suggest that you start by making sure there are wills and current wills in place, possibly a suggestion to listen to these podcasts.
0: Yes, I will say that I appeared in your podcast and get them to listen. So what else should I know about?
1: What about powers of attorney?
0: Sorry, what are those?
1: They pass the authority to make decisions.
0: So why is that important then?
1: As we are now living longer, it becomes more likely that those with this wealth are going to be either incapable or disinclined to make important decisions and the attorney will be able to act on their behalf.
0: So attorneys can have free access to the checkbook.
1: Not exactly, but it does mean when selecting attorneys, they need to understand their responsibilities are such as, they must act in the best interests of your parents, where property and finance powers are concerned to act responsibly, and where health and welfare is concerned to ensure the wishes on how they are to be treated are followed. Ultimately, they are responsible to the court of protection for any failings. Additionally, in many cases, Those appointed as attorneys are often appointed as executors in the will. So you will see how the powers of attorney and effective will writing go hand in hand. As mentioned, we work in association with family law firms who can help make these arrangements. So what else should I know about? Quite a lot, but let's talk about care costs. Are both your parents well?
0: Yeah, I know the cost of care is incredibly expensive. For example, my gran was in a place where it was a thousand pounds a week.
1: That's right, and could bite deeply into what's left for you and your family
0: surely the house will be safe
1: if that's where a lot of the wealth is it might not be as safe as you would hope our fourth podcast is on care costs and that will cover that aspect so that might be another reminder for your mum and dad what about inheritance tax
0: what about inheritance tax
1: to give you more details we would need to know what was in the estate
0: as well as the house i believe dad has some business interests and some other investments
1: We will be looking at what might affect family business wealth in a future episode, as qualifying business assets enjoy special inheritance tax treatment, providing that they are arranged correctly. What about pensions?
0: Dad has mentioned pensions, but not in too much detail.
1: Okay, we will be looking at how family wealth can be sheltered and transferred in pensions in a later episode.
0: So far, it sounds like we need to wait until they have died before we might see any of their wealth. Is that
2: right? Not necessarily. If we could demonstrate they might be able to share their wealth now rather than later, would that be of interest?
0: Yeah, like I said, we're we're really close to my parents. And I know they'd want to help us and the children in, in these difficult times if they could. You know, if they could still be around to see the wealth having been shared and enjoyed by us as a family with them, but how would that
2: work? Well, the rules on gifting are rather complicated and we're expecting changes in the legislation, but we look at gifting ideas in our next podcast when we discuss Richard's situation. Another good reason why you should recommend they listen to these podcasts.
1: On the basis that we're able to demonstrate how mum and dad could pass on some of their invested wealth to you, we would be interested to hear how your attitude to investments might be different to theirs.
0: Well, when considering investments, I believe my generation is more interested in things like sustainability, renewables and the future environment for my children
2: than my parents' generation were. That's interesting. Did you hear that, Nicola? We work with the investment managers. If we were to interview one on the points you have made, do you think that would be of interest? I do. Okay. We will arrange an additional episode on these series to include that.
1: Steve, our research indicates that your generation gets information from different sources to your parents' generation, and we wondered how you would go about researching the best place to get professional advice on what we've discussed and any possible investments you receive.
0: Okay. So, of course, what with the internet being so readily available and information being at hand, one of my first things, whatever I'm doing, whether it's financial advice or looking for a new piece of equipment or whatever, I go straight to the internet. As, as mentioned in your first episode, you talked about the difference between having knowledge and coupling that knowledge with wisdom. So I know several financial advisors, and if I was to look for advice, one of my first ports of call would be one of those friends, or you guys, I would like to know how best to approach this. So, of course, as a professional myself, I use professionals in my business, and so I, I prefer to use professionals who have got years of experience and knowledge and wisdom in in matters such as such as this, particularly in things like financial advice, will writing, and the following. I mean, for example, you can download a will writing or will off of the internet, or you can buy one from WH Smith and you can fill out the spots and have a will written. But I think it's much better for someone that knows the ins and outs of the process to walk you through that process and and really give you the best value and the years of experience that they've gathered uh, to, to do it really, really properly and do it well.
1: Does that mean that you would look at the experience and endorsements of others to choose the advisor?
0: Oh, absolutely. In fact, my friend who's a mortgage advisor, all he asks for in return for doing someone's mortgage, apart from being paid by his company, is that they give him a good referral. Goes on to LinkedIn, goes on to the Google page for his business. And so it's all about, uh, you know, endorsements and recommendations. That's how, you know, that's how Amazon has taught us to live these days. I won't buy anything without it having at least,
2: you know, 70% four and five star reviews. That's fine. Thanks, Steve. Finally, can I ask you a pointed question, bearing in mind we have an agreement that you need not answer if you don't want to. When we were doing the research for this, Steve, we came across that there is a strong belief that the baby boomer generation had the fantastic property increases in the 70s and 80s. A lot of them were members of final salary pension schemes, which are no longer available, generally speaking. And job security, well, I mean, when I started work, if I didn't like it, I used to move and find another job. It, there were just so many jobs out there. And now that whole thing has changed. And th- from the research we did, there's quite a lot of resentment in your generation of the baby boomer and what they had enjoyed. And that's how they really got their wealth. Hmm. Expect to pass that wealth on, but the generation receiving it almost saying well that's my entitlement that they because you were the benefit of a certain set of circumstances at that time yeah
0: no I don't feel that way you know what my parents have generated through their pensions through their investments through the purchase of houses and their wise spending is totally their money they are free in my opinion and others may not agree with me they are totally free to do whatever they need to with that money And though I will be grateful for some inheritance one day, I'm not expecting it, nor do I require, or nor am I demanding it. That is their money they've worked hard for. The amount of things my parents had to sacrifice to go without so that I could have nice things as a kid. For me, it's about making sure that they are comfortable and looked after in their later life. So even though they might've had a house that was raised in value tenfold, They may have had final um salary pensions and some other benefits that's absolutely fine for me because that's what they've they've lived through they've lived through other things i haven't had to live through you know one of the things we looked at in the generation x versus y is how we had a very comfortable upbringing whereas the generation my dad is a baby boomer. his his upbringing was perhaps a lot tougher yeah, if my dad's now the guardian of a very nice house and substantial wealth, great for him. If I happen to be the recipient, and my sister as well, be the recipient of that, wonderful. But I certainly are not expecting it nor demanding it because it's something that he's generated. It's something that he's worked hard to have.
1: Many thanks, Steve. We really appreciate your participation and your candid responses to our questions. And it may be of interest in the next episode when we're talking to Richard, who is in the similar situation to your parents. Also the following episode, when we'll be looking at long-term care funding and inheritance and gifting ideas. And we'll also look at adding in a new episode on sustainable and green investments.
2: So now it's time for our regular feature. What caught her eye this week? I saw the Step Journal,
1: Clearly a slow learner, as we agreed last week, using jargon earns a £5 fine.
2: Sorry, step stands for the Society of Trustees and Estate Practitioners. Nicker and I are both members. Anyway, the point I wanted to make was that the no-blame divorces are to be introduced in 2021 after years of campaigning.
1: Yes, given a lot of marriages have suffered pressure during the pandemic lockdown, this is likely to be very welcome for many.
2: So what will this mean for our listeners?
1: According to the BBC, when No Blame Divorce was introduced in Scotland in 2006, the number of divorces in 2005 was 10,875 and was more than 13,000 in 2006. We already work alongside divorce lawyers in both contentious and harmonious cases, running financial forecasts, providing investment advice on settlements, restructuring pensions, assessing mortgage affordability and much more and we see this aspect of our business increasing
2: always happy to provide an initial no obligation consultation to explain the financial implications of divorce okay let's now move on to our second feature
1: each week we go through our cases oh god see i told you i couldn't read my own writing
2: Uh, I take a big breath and go from each week (laughs) (laughs) thank
1: you for your support Each week we go through our cases from almost 30 years of our practice to see what lessons might be available to our listeners today. This week we've commented about the introduction of the no-blame divorce, and so we thought the use of a divorce case note would be available this week.
2: Yes, we were introduced by a divorce lawyer to a lady at her time in her life when she was going through a particularly acrimonious divorce. As her husband had always handled the family finances, she had never had any dealings with financial services, and certainly not pensions, investments, and other matters involved in this settlement. She was clearly overwhelmed and added to her stress.
1: Because of our qualifications, we do a lot of work with divorce lawyers, often representing the wife, who can feel very vulnerable at that point, but it really comes down to trust. Trusting the lawyers to fully represent her interest, trusting our financial planning advice, and trusting that the lawyers and us will get the best deal. I look at it like, strictly, when we started out, they could hardly take a step, but now they've become competent dancers.
2: Yes, this was several years ago, and now when we are trying to arrange a review of her investments, she seems to be always out enjoying her new lifestyle and, dare I say it, dancing.
1: So our top tips this week are…
2: 1. For many, making a will is an admission of being mortal, but the problems of not making a will cannot be overstated. Think of it as a way of protecting your loved ones and giving clear instructions.
1: 2. Powers of attorney are increasingly more important and should be completed as part of will writing.
2: 3. Asking parents how they are arranging their estate is very difficult. As we said, only 9% of parents discuss their estate planning with their children, but it makes sense to have this conversation.
1: Four, as Steve found out, there might be a way of arranging wealth transfer before death so that the parents, children and grandchildren share the benefits.
2: Five, if you find it difficult speaking about this subject, use our podcast. Okay, so now it now leaves me to thank you all for listening and remind you that in our next episode we will be talking to Richard, speaking as a parent and grandparent, planning to pass on his wealth. We will be providing our usual top tips and hopefully some ideas he might not have considered.
1: As a further reminder, in episode four, we will be looking at how to handle funding, care for the elderly and loved ones. After inheritance tax, this is probably where a lot of family wealth goes missing.
2: And in our fifth episode, we will be talking to Ian, a step member, about tips on estate planning.